Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Revival, let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you will honor yourself more than ever. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's about it. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, we have, you know, I know there's been announcements around people joining departments and units. For those who have submitted theirs online, I would, I'll get to speak to people this week. Um, because we normally have a process, and part of the process is that, is that, you know, we seek the face of God concerning it and things like that. Um, some of the ones that we had done already, you know, the people who did the vetting are in anymore in relation, so they don't know you. <laughs> you don't know them. So they will just give guidance about what God is actually saying and the expectation of God, even as you, um, as you, as you join. Uh, one thing I also want to say is that as of now, we are looking for church workers. And I'm, that's the reason why I said that. I understand that, you know, some people say that I am a member of choir by, you know, no, we, we are looking for workers first. So later we would take um, people who are, you know, who are you know, God would continue to bless us. So basically, if you cannot function, if you cannot function in that department, physically function, not by spirit, then um, God will write your name in the choir um, choir list in heaven. You get what I'm saying? But this one is for, that's why I love Potter. It's not, it doesn't link to heaven, it links to us here. So, we can see people who are willing to be there and things like that. So God help us in Jesus' name. Yeah. I understand how this is over time. So somebody's in, just as an example, somebody's in, you know, as you grow, somebody's in, they never joined, they never wrote in, in the whole year. But they are quiet. And they become, <laughs> they are, no, 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 no. And, you know, if you want to take down, they say, I never, ah, I'm a member of choir. But did you come to choir practice? No. Did you do anything? No. Or you acquire. I've been acquired since when I was born. You know, so so that's why this one is church workers. So uh, so God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So you know, I know that we are not so it's just so that, that when we put restrictions to how many department people can join, it is because we, we know that you cannot physically be in multiple places at the same time. Somebody cannot say that they are wording and at the same time choir. How are we going to do that? It is not, it doesn't make, it doesn't, you, know, you cannot be sinking here and be standing there shouting hallelujah. It doesn't make sense. So, you know, so if, we, if you choose departments that conflict, we will tell you we are sorry. Not that we don't believe that God is leading you to that place, but what we are saying is that we need people who are functioning in those places. Does that make sense? So God help us in the name of Jesus. You know, Alore, you know, okay, yeah, those things, but there are some departments that it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really add much value. So God bless us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So we have uh, been talking about stewardship and God has been God has God has been faithful to us in terms of so we just felt that you know by God's grace that this month we should just we should just wrap it up even coming to the revival. But what we are looking at is just um, a topic I, I call mere men or ordinary men. You know, mere men is that you know they are not the people that God is looking for is not people that have some kind of special beings or special powers or they are just they're just men. They are just normal people. And at times, maybe at times, one of the challenges that people we have, we see people in scriptures as 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 people that are you know, that are very at that level that you be like ah, I, you know. But when you begin to study them closely, you will discover that you know one of the things we meet. I said, why you would believe that God wrote, God inspired the writing of of the scriptures is that if it were to be men that wrote the Bible they would erase all the bad parts of human beings away. They would just write a, a you know, a what's, what is good. So the day that Jesus told Peter that, get thee behind me, Satan, because Peter will be the head of the, of the church, they will erase that part out of it so that, you know, you just see Peter as a, you know, a man that, that only sees God and does know nothing. God, so, you know, as we begin to look more into that. But one thing I just want to also share as we go along is in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 verse, um, Matthew 13 verse 31 to um, verse 31 to, to 32. Hallelujah. So, as I read that, I'm just going to just pass this around. That is, you can, you can just pick one if you want, if you can. Um, it, it is, so what you have there is what the Bible, what is called, not the Bible, what is called mustard seed. Yeah, you can share it around. Mustard seed. So the Bible says to us, in that, I just want you to just, let's see how much you can keep by the end of the service, but, you know, the, the Bible says that Jesus is talking and Jesus said, he told them another parable, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. He said, which a man took, please note he did not say seeds. He said a seed. So I know we have so that we can hold it. We've grabbed a, a couple of seeds. But Jesus said one seed. He said, and it is planted in the field. Although it is the smallest of all the seed, yet when it grows, it is the largest garden and plant, and it becomes a tree, so that the birds may perch on uh, may, may perch on its branches. So Jesus said, "This is how 
the, the, the kingdom of God is demonstrated. He said it is like a mustard seed. And one of the things that would happen, don't hold on to it, don't worry if it drops, it drops. <laughs> Amen. Because people are trying to hold to say, no, it would drop. Don't worry if it drops, it drops. Amen. Hallelujah. But what I'm trying to say is that you could misplace it. It's probably something that you would ignore. Because it is so small, you would not be able to, you know, it doesn't really matter, it doesn't make sense. Now, let's just go to the next slide, please. You would see that this is someone that's tried to zoom in well to get that mustard seed. Now, this is a mustard seed tree. These are people standing under it. So Jesus is saying that this tree comes from one of those seeds that you hold. The challenge is, is that when you see this tree, you do not imagine that that tree came from a tiny seed. So the problem would be, because you cannot in your mind bring the two together, if I ask you, do you have a seed that can generate this tree? Your answer will be no. Because your expectation is that at least that seed should have some... <laughs> if I even say that, ah, we want to plant another tree like this, give me the mustard seed in your hand. I don't even know where it went. So Jesus, so the challenge is not, the challenge is that it is not that this kind of trees cannot be produced, but the problem is that the mustard seed is so small that people just ignore it. But when everybody sees a big tree, people go, wow, that tree is so tall, that tree is so strong. But they don't know that they have the ability to produce also the same thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. What am I trying? What are we trying? What Jesus trying to talk about is that what you think is huge, God uses mere things, things that are ordinary, that doesn't make sense. That is how the kingdom of God produces giants. It doesn't go and look for somebody that is as tall as this tree. And say, okay, let us give him two years to grow. No, he said, the smallest seed. And you will see that it's even a struggle to pick one. Because it's so tiny. Because it's so tiny. Amen. The Bible says that in, in Mark chapter 3, the Bible says, uh, 13 to 9, the Bible says that he went up on the side and he called those whom he himself wanted. So that is the way, so many people there. And he chose, and, and he, sorry, and chose, and they came to him 
he appointed 12 disciples so that they may be with him for instructions and send them how to preach the gospel. That, that is a special messenger, personally chosen representatives. I just read the Amplified. So the Bible says in verse 18, uh, I'm sorry, let's see from verse 16. It said, uh, that verse 16, thank you. The Bible says, it says that, it says, and when you have, uh, and to, to have authority and power to cast out demons, he appointed 12, Simon, whom he gave Peter. What does that mean? Is that geez, this guy, this is not a, this is not a street um, group. Because Jesus gave them nicknames. So when he said that Simon, basically, it was his nickname that Jesus called him Peter. And Peter means rock. So he was just saying, you know, he was, and the Bible later goes and he says that, he said, he said James, the son of Zebedee, John, and John, the brother of, of James. To whom he gave the name Bonages, uh, sorry, Bonages, that is the son of thunder. So he gave this one's nickname of son of thunder. Why did he give the nickname of son of thunder? These were the boys that when somebody was somebody wanted somebody was misbehaving, they told Jesus, "Call fire, let them, let it consume them." Basically, on that transition of public he called them hot head boys. So, when Jesus will call them, <laughs> you these boys of thunder, or when he tells them, go and call me those hot head boys, it was, what I'm trying to say is that it wasn't a, an environment that was very strict. So, you let's read on this because of our time. It says, and he also appointed Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew, which um, bracket Nathaniel. Now, why is his name is Nathaniel? Bartholomew is the bar is the BAR is the son of Tilomer. So basically, so Jesus, rather Jesus calling him his name, he just called him his last name. So, and you have. Matthew, the, the Levite tax collector. And there's a reason why they've highlighted that. And I'll explain that very soon. He said, you have Thomas uh, and, J and James and things like that. Then you go to Simon the Zealot. Why? Because, see, these two, the Zealot and the tax collector, when you see Zealot in those days, they have sword, small swords in their, in their pockets. That was where Peter found the sword from. Now, what gave Peter the, the courage to cut somebody's ears? Because zealots in those days, they are like, oh God, they are like, I don't have to like put it now. What they do is that when they catch any Roman soldier in a corner, they kill them. Because they are trying to liberate themselves from the Romans. So, Simon, Simon the Zealot was, it was like a group of people who were, who was passionate to make sure that 
They want to destroy every Roman soldier that they see. So what does that have to do with anything? This guy called Matthew, a tax collector. Do you know what tax collectors do? They collect tax on behalf of the Romans from the Jews. So they get their own, you know, it's like, they're like, I don't know if, if it works that way, but they are more, almost like, um, like bellies. Their commission is based on what they can get. So the more people that Matthew can get money from, the more richer he becomes. And Zealot is those who want to kill those that those that um, uh, those that this guy is working for. What does that mean? Is that can you imagine both of them being in a church? One wants to kill the other. What am I trying to say is that this group of men, <laughs> they were not, they were not all these big, big, big people. In fact, after Jesus resurrected and died, it was a disaster. Because after Jesus died, Peter said, let us go back and fish. And Jesus had to get to a point. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Jesus said to them, how foolish are you? You are, you are slow to believe. Basically, you are dumb. That's what he said. This is the disciples. Who, <laughs> Jesus was like, you know, I have died. I have been with you for years. I have trained you. Yet, you are still dumb. If you read the the Living Bible, it would he said it would talk about that you are you are you are you are too unlucky. Basically, someone is, is is too dull. So Jesus said, "How foolish are you? You are slow to believe all that the prophet has spoken. Did did not the Messiah have to suffer these things to enter his glory?" At the, um, at the beginning of with Moses and things like that. Now, basically, the, the Bible says that he, ex, he began to explain to them what the scripture. He had been teaching them for three years. After that, you would think that they would understand. But they had no clue. What I'm actually trying to say is that Jesus did not gather people that he, he, he expected that this was art. You know, their brain is. You know. Jesus himself knows. <laughs> so he said, you know, you guys are just dumb. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that the Bible never pictured these men as men that were, that had one supernatural ability somewhere. In fact, when you read Acts chapter 4, verse 13 to 14, the Bible was talking about when they began to look at them. The Bible says, now the men of the Sarah and the Jews high court saw the confidence and the boldness of Peter and John. And they grasped the fact that they were uneducated, they were untrained, they were ordinary men. And they were astounded and began to recognize 
that they had been with Jesus. So basically, the only thing that they could say is that if not for Jesus, this was they are just ordinary men. They were walking about, they were just ordinary people. There was nothing spectacular about them. Or do you want to you know when we we look at we, we look at Elijah and people go, ah, Elijah is a very powerful man. Yes, Elijah had access to power, access to power. Elijah was not powerful. Because the Bible says in, in, in James chapter 5, it says it's verse 17, chapter 5. He said, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. I like the way Abbe 5 put it. He said that with the same physical, mental, and spiritual limitations and shortcomings. So in case you are saying that, ah, oh God, if I was like Elijah, God is saying, no, you are exactly the same. He said that with the same physical, mental, and spiritual limitation and shortcomings. But the only thing was that he learned to pray. So, when you are looking at Elijah, and you are saying that man is, is extremely high, he only I can be like Elijah. Elijah is looking down at you and saying, excuse me. <laughs> we are the same. I don't have any, I am not this I am not this, uh, this special person. I am not this special person. Again, that's why Jesus said to us, as we read Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, again, back to that, not about a different part where Jesus used the mustard seed. He said, and Jesus replied, because you have so little faith, I tell you, if you have a faith as little as that mustard seed, you can have next slide, please. You would you would say to the mountain, be moved there, and it will move. So he's saying, no, just the, the picture. Thank you. So he's saying, if you have something as small as this mustard seed, you will cause this these mountains to move. You will say to the mountains, move. The apostles were very keen to make people understand. See, there was a time when people were worshipping Peter and the rest. The Bible says they tore their clothes in public. Why? Look at us. We are just human beings. That's what happened in the book of Acts. People were saying, ah, the gods are coming in our midst. So they were like, okay, how can we, how can we explain to these people that we are just, we are just human beings? There is nothing special about us. The Bible says they tore their clothes and they said, people, why now we are just human beings like you? Unfortunately, the way the body of Christ is now, we are celebrities. The very thing that the apostles were very, were making sure 
that people realized that they are just talking to just human beings like them. There would always be, as God gives you grace, there will always be people who would, it is, it is a normal thing. It is, so, it is natural that people begin to look at you as somebody that has special being. But it is your responsibility to tear your clothes as it were, if you go stay TV, and say, excuse me, I am just human like you. So I'm not blaming people. I am saying that those who are who God has given grace, it is your responsibility to make them realize that you are just a sin. So you would see that you know First Corinthians chapter chapter one verse eleven to thirteen. The Bible says that for some okay, this is Paul talking. We are talking about people who were fighting. He said, some of you were saying, uh, verse 12, he said, some of you were saying, I, I am a follower of Paul. Others were saying, I am a follower of, 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 of Apollos. Another was saying, I'm a follower of Peter. One was saying, I was a, a follower of Christ. He said, uh, Paul now said, he said, as Christ, as Christ be divided into, fraction, into, into, into factions, was, was I, Paul, I, was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. So Paul was so keen to say, what is all of this? Let's go on to, first, uh, to that 26. He said, remember brothers and sisters that few of you were wise in the world's highs, or powerful, or wealthy, when God called you. Instead, God chose the things of this world, things, things, things the world consider foolish, in order to shame those who think they are wise. He chose things that were powerless, in order to shame those who are powerful. So basically, he was saying that this is the qualification that God chose us. Yes, you see us walking in a place, and you see miracles happening, it is not, it is, you know, it, it is just, it, we are just human. We are just human. Now, so, as I spend the next um, couple of minutes, or few minutes, to draw to a close of, you know, the Bible when you read Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible began to talk about the heroes of faith, the fathers of faith. So when you read from verse 1, but we'll go to verse 32, because he was saying that, you know, I have uh, Hebrews eleven thirty-two. Yeah, he was saying that, he said, what, what more shall I say? Basically, he had already been listing different types of heroes of the faith. And he said, he said, he said I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, about Barak, about Samson, about um, Jethan, about David, about Samuel and the prophets, who through their faith conquered nations, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Who shot, they, these people, they shot the mouth of lions. Let's read them, please. 
said they quenched the flowing flames, escaped the hedge of, of, of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and rot, um, and routed foreign, uh, foreign armies. And he said the women received back their dead and raised, they were raised to life. There were others who were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain, they might gain even better resurrection. So basically, he was also saying that as I have talked about these people as they can heal the sick, raise the dead, and things like that, he said, he said some of them were dead, flogged, even in chain and imprisoned. So he said that as they, as you, these people, so that they don't have issues in their life. They were people that God used mightily. But yet, they were also people that had challenges in, in their life. So the Bible says that some of them were put to death by stoning. He said, the, some of them were sawed into two. Do you know an example of who was sawed into two in the Bible? Isaiah was sawed into two. He was pulled here and here and it was, they put you saw to cut him into two. The same Isaiah that you read. This, what he said, these people are just, they are normal. They are just human beings like you. So the Bible says that, it says, it says they went about in sheepskin, goatskin, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. He said the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the desert and in the mountain, living in caves and in, and in holes in the ground. Let's read them, please. He said, these were all commended for their faith. Nor yet, none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planted something better for us, so that, so that only together with us, would they be made perfect. So God is saying, is as if you have people that has graduated from uni, you finish your exams, you have your results, but your convocation, they're saying, no, we have to wait for all these other people to come so that you can all convocate together. So what God is saying is that no matter how much you're looking at Peter, Elijah, they are also waiting for you so that you two can run your holy race and you can all stand together. What the Bible is saying that they cannot do their own ceremony until you and me, until you, you are able to, to, to achieve what God has called you to achieve. So that when, you, when we all gather, with you will stand alongside Elijah. You will stand alongside um, um, uh, Paul. You will you will stand alongside everybody. Why? Because we together with them are going to come into our perfect union. So having said that, because we don't have time, like you said, we don't have enough time to go through everyone. Let us just look at the very first person on that list, Gideon. So that takes us to Judges chapter 6. 
That takes us to Judges chapter 6. And the Bible says, Judges chapter 6 from verse 7. The Bible says, when Israel, now Israel was in, they were, they were being battered by a foreign land. And Israel was so frustrated that they had to go to God and say, God, help us. So like in a gathering like this, then the Bible says that, and when Israel cried out to the Lord, cried, cried out how to, to the Lord because of the Midian, he sent a prophet who said, who said, who, um, who said, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt. Out of the land of the saints of, of, of I rescued you from the hands of the Egyptians. I delivered you from the hand of all oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. Thank you. So verse 10, he says that he says that he said, I said, I said to you, I am your God. I am your God. You do not worship other gods of the Hamorites in those lands which you live, but you have not listened to me. Please let me try to set this scenario for you. It's as if people came to a place because there are issues and people gathered like this and God said, but I have told you that I am your God. I have told you that I will deliver you, but you are not, you are not, you have not done what I've asked you to do. That is why this challenge is, 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 is all over you and things like that. That was what was happening. Then everybody left service and everybody went home. But there was a boy in that service, Gideon. I can imagine that they were talking and Gideon was saying, well, if you nothing concerning me here, you know. They are talking to all those spiritual people, all those um, all those powerful people. What what can I do? Am I going to am I going to go and face the Midianite? I can't. I can't am I going to go and talk to God about an issue? I can't. Because you have you have senior prophets, you have senior pastors, you have all those big, big people in that garden. So the Bible says that Gideon, after the whole story, Gideon went back and was doing his own job normally. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, when you go to verse, um, the next slide, verse 12, the Bible says, and when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, and he said, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Gideon said, pardon, what's going on? What's going on? You look as if you have missed uh, you have missed your pardon. Ah, when they were talking in church, it, it, they didn't mention my name. Now they said that you know, and it is all those elders, pastor and the rest that will go and face God. I say, God, we've done this, we've done that. What do you expect me to do? And Gideon was saying, Excuse me, sir, you have missed address. He said, Pardon me, my lord. Gideon replied, if, if, if the Lord is with us, why has all these things happened to us? See, in the gathering where they were still, see, what he was saying here was that Gideon was, when he said, you mighty warrior, he said, see, me, I, I don't, all these motivational speaking, I don't do motivational speaking, I want original. 
So if you are not, don't call me mighty warrior. If if there is no see, at times God is not looking for people who, when He speaks, He just say yes, sir. No, He wants people that will say, eh, I get you, but this thing doesn't it doesn't add up here. What happened to every other person in that congregation? They will say, Oh, God has spoken, hallelujah, and they've gone. And God was saying, I am looking for a boy that will be real with me. Not the one that will just say, Oh God, you know, you are blessed in Jesus. And do you feel the blessing of God? I feel the blessing of God. I don't you know, because I don't have, I don't want all those kind of people. The one that will say, you feel the blessing of God? I don't feel. <laughs> I don't feel. If I am blessed, why is this? See, at times one of the things why maybe the body of Christ is not going for, going is because there are no people who are questioning anything. I'm not saying turn yourself to a rebel in church. I'm saying that, you know, it is, he said, he said, the angel said, Mighty warrior said, excuse me, sir. <laughs> We've come to show all those, uh, you know, uh, the, feel the praise of God and all those things. This is not original. So, don't just, you don't just, don't just make me feel good by saying mighty warrior. When I have defeats all around me, And the problem, like I said, is that there is no real conversations with God. There's no real conversations with God. Confess. I confess. And things like that. That's it. <laughs> that, that's it. He says, but if the Lord is with us, why has this happened to us? Where are all the wonders our ancestors told us? You are here telling me I'm, 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 I'm powerful. Where are all the, 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 the wonders that God, that God has told us? Did, did the Lord not bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us up into the hands of the Midianites. Let's read on, please. Then the Lord turned to him and he said, Go in the strength you have. Basically, God is saying, yes, I can see that this one is looking for the dinner. This one is not interested in the cosmetic Christianity. He wants to go after the real substance, no matter what he will take. He knows, see, he's not doubting God. He's just saying that something is not hiding up here. So this is not a question of hard doubting God. He's saying, God, you know, I know you can do this. So then what is happening in my own time? Why is this thing not happening? Then the Bible says that, he says, God is saying, I am sending you now. You're a powerful man. He said, excuse me, sir. <laughs> it looks as if you have not understood what we are talking about here. I am talking about real one. I am not interested in the feel-good Christianity. 
I want the original. And the Bible says, the Bible says, it says, it says, pardon me, Lord, say, but if, but how can I save Israel? I come from the weakest clan and I am the least in my family. So that means that he's saying, I am a young boy. He's, a young, he's the youngest in all his, his brothers. So he says, so this thing that you are saying that we are going to do, how does it make sense? I am young. How am I going to be able to deal with all, all these things that you are talking about? It's impossible. And then the Lord said to him, he said, I will be with you. And I will, and I will, and you will strike down all the media, all the media, leave, leaving none alive. Let's read them, please. Then Gideon replied, "If I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is you really talking to me. Please don't go away <laughs> until I come back. I want to go and bring offering. Basically, I want to." You are not talking. We are having a serious conversation. So stay there. I'm coming. And the Bible says that the Lord answered, I will wait. People would think that God will say, no, no, no. I understand that you are still struggling. You are trying to understand. I would wait for you. I will come down to your level. You know, can you imagine God saying to somebody, don't worry, you want to take your time, don't worry, I'll wait here. I want you to know that no matter the circumstances around you, I am still calling you. So, he said, please don't go away till I come back. And I will bring an offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, okay, I'll wait for you. So, amen. Then you begin to see the part of where he um, provided the offering and things like that. But let's go on, please. Verse 23 or 22. Yeah. The Bible says, When Gideon realized it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, and like basically, which, which means that I am dead. Said, he, said, he, said, he, said, he said, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to me, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar there and he called it the, the Lord, the Lord is peace. To, to, he still stands there till today. Let's read on, please. So after that encounter, Gideon is now sure. God now said, okay, this see, my encounter with you is not for us to kind of, I am not here to come and impress you. We are not doing entertainment. I, I am still saying that you are the one that I am anointing to do the job for that land. But do you know why, where you will start from? You will not go and start ministry. You will start from your house. You will start from your friends. That those people around you are your first influence. So the Bible says that same night the Lord said to him, 
Take the second bull from your father's shed, one of the one of seven years old, and tear down your father's altar to Baal. Cut down the 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 ashes pole beside it and build a prop and build a proper kind of altar to the Lord on top of his height using the wood of things like that. Let's read on please. So Gideon took ten of his servants and he did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and his townspeople, he did it at night. So I can imagine him going to is someone sleeping <laughs> before God said I should do this. So he began to go and check on everybody's room. And they slept. <laughs> and they slept because he was still afraid. God understands that there are some fears still in you. So God said, I don't care how you do it. Go and take everybody there and sleep. It's not a problem. Just do what I've asked you to do. What am I trying to say here is that, see, he cannot approach them and say, please, oh, we are going to tear down the Bal or other, but yeah, you are the youngest in this house. Who are you? Your brothers are not talking. You want to go to your father's room and go and take away the bar. So, what am I trying to? What are we looking at here? He says the Bible says in the so he said, but he did it at night rather than daytime because he was afraid. So he was going around checking, checking. This one is sleeping. That one is sleeping. Oh yeah, boys, let's go. And they went and they brought down the place. The Bible says in the morning, <laughs> in the morning, the people of the town got up and there was Baal's altar demolished with the pole and things like that. Everything, he said, with a new altar freshly built. Let's read on, please. So they asked each other, who did this? When they have carefully investigated, they were told that Gideon, son of George, did this. And the people of the demanded um, George to bring, your, bring out your son, he must die. Who told them? It's probably one of those boys that, ah, <laughs> uh, uh, please, so, uh, we were just on our own, Jenje. He said that God told him that we should come and destroy the altar. So that is why he has come to destroy the altar. It's not me, it is him. So the Bible now says that, let's just read on because of our time. And Josh had replied to the hostile crowd and said, are you going to, going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whosoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal is really God, they let him come and defend himself. If this thing, they let why are you the one fighting for Baal? If Baal can fight, this is the boy. Let him come and face him. So the Bible says since that day, People now began to give him a nickname. 
Jerubal, basically saying, let Baal come and kill him. If Baal can kill this is the boy. Let him come and kill So each day he was going around the streets. People were saying, ah, you are still alive. <laughs> let Baal come and kill him. Yes. If that Baal is God, let him come and kill What are we pointing out here? He's a young boy, an ordinary person, but that wanted more of God. He was tired of Christianity, of, of, of just entertainment Christianity. He wanted the authentic one, and he was prepared to go after God and say, God, in my own lifetime, this is what I want to the problem is that there are no much people that God can see around. People are comfortable with what they can get. And God is saying, no, if I can see, if I can see one among you, in this, as we are talking about this, this time of revival, where God is saying, I am giving so much. But say, if I can see one among you, we'll say, God, I don't want all this. I, 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 it's good what is happening. But I am looking for original. You know, somebody has told me time again, you know, I used to say to somebody at the time, you know, I was teaching at the time and somebody, so I was saying that I, 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 I am true CNS to the hall. And I said to them, I said, see, why are you clapping doing that here? I am not against Aria, but I said, see, if you will not, if what is, if in our father's day, in most of the from what we read, that when the dead man is brought in, they will put them in the midst of those that are clapping, and by the time they are clapping, the dead man will, raise up, will rise up again. Now, when people are not clapping, they are having a death. That was the point. I am not saying don't clap. I'm saying look for the original. Somebody told me, somebody's challenge, somebody said, ah, see, your expectation is too high. You think that you can do more than most of the malady. See, our fathers are great. That's what the person told me. Our fathers are great. See, we are supposed to, to be looking at what they have achieved and be celebrating it. I said, I said, that is good. I said, but to you now, you think you are celebrating Muslim Maladi. But what you are actually doing is calling him an evil man. Because Yoruba will say, your child will do more than what you have done. Jesus himself said, you will do greater things than I have done. So you are here saying that, ah, if Muslim Maladi were to be here, Ah, the whole place will be shaking. And I'm Muslim, you are cursing me. You are not. You think in your own eyes. You are actually. You are bigging me up. But what you are actually doing is saying I'm a failure. But one thing I desire is I don't see. They, we have. We have. You know, it is great. But we are looking for more. The original. But it will not happen except you have somebody like Gideon who will say, Sir, I get all what you are saying. 
I'm not disputing the facts, but where is this thing in my own generation? I am happy to say that there are people that, that, you know, I want to, why is it that when I can pray for somebody and see results, I want to be preaching and lives be changed. When I'm doing my worship, the Bible says that when you are doing worship, that um, um, when uh, David was playing the harp, Hebrew spirit was the party. How come I am not doing worship and the witch is dancing in the church? Ah oh, no, no, F no no F F go and use 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 drink hot water. Is that the problem of your life? I'm not saying don't sing good music. Just saying that if your music does not move demons, then you might as well <laughs> forget choir. I'm not saying forget choir. Just say <laughs> you might as well don't bother singing. But that is what I want us to come to this place together, a place of prayer. We don't want to be longer this place of prayer. But I want you to come with a desire. God has said, I see, there is, there is something he wants to do these three days. So we two are not ready. He says, see, I am not God. We, it is good. We have heard of how you are doing with our fathers. See, I can tell you from documentation. You can go to um, a university here where you have documentation. From uh, J.D. Pelle, um, um, is it Pels or whatever his name is called, the man just died recently, is a professor who did a study, proper study on Muslim Maladi. Documentation. So, see, but that is good. But what we are saying now is what he said, that we have had what you have done. Why is it not happening in my own time? At least the minimum. But the desire of those fathers, any good father, is that you will do more than they thought. Let us rise up. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.